Hello everyone, welcome to this new episode of Walk to Life. Now I know it's been a while, mm-hmm. but I personally blame Kira. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I know obviously there's been a lot going on in the world, so everyone's been doing what they needed to do in order to cope or use this time to learn something new about themselves. So likewise, Mm. we took a little bit of a break um, just to focus on other things. And today we're bringing you an episode on addiction. (laughs) So I'll I'll start off um, talking about what addiction is. So the word addiction actually comes from a Latin terminology for enslaved by or bound to. And statistically, one in three people are addicted to something. And I actually didn't know this, but addiction is a brain disorder, uh, which involves craving something so intensely and to to the point where you lose control over its use and continuing involvement with it despite adverse consequences. And it usually starts off something of an interest. Once you choose a particular interest, you're making a preference in which you, in turn, you give your attention towards it, creating it into an attachment. When that interest makes a jump into fascination, the attachment itself grows and deepens which blooms into an obsession, making you become imbalanced mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and intellectually. And this creates a compulsion, which leads you to become a slave to this attachment. And this attachment is the addiction. Now, there's two groups of addictions, so to speak. One of them is chemical addiction which refers to the usage of substances such as drugs, illegal or legal, alcohol, smoking cigarettes. And then there's behavioral addictions, which could be things like gambling, food addiction, social media, the internet, um, sex, shopping addiction, video gaming, work, (laughs) um, and even cosmetic surgery. There'll be a lot of people that are listening to this, whoever is listening to this is probably thinking they're not addicted to anything. But the actual fact is that we are all in some way addicted to something. Mm. Now, there's not a whole lot of awareness whether that something is good for us or not. But it takes a keen eye and really sitting with yourself to try to understand what is it that I'm doing every day that isn't actually necessarily good for me. And that might come as a shock because you might think, well, no, like there are things I'm addicted to, but they're good for my health. But you really have to be able to sit with yourself. Addiction occurs on this very unconscious level. So if we're already running on autopilot, which majority of us do, Mm. then addictions are very easy to form. They still take time, but they're very easy to form. I'll get into the detail afterwards. When you're living from autopilot, as I mentioned, there's a lack of awareness and there are several types of addictions. But currently in society, we demonize the ones that are criminal to have. So they're a criminal offense to have like drug related. But we're okay with other types of addictions which keep the system churning. 
right? So like shopping, TV subscriptions, the shows that you watch, the foods, the bad types of drinks, alcohol, sex, all of these keep that economic system churning. So there's not going to be a whole lot of awareness on it, but you need to understand that these are bad for you. Anything that you're not in full control of or have awareness of is going to be bad for you because the truth is if you had no addictions in your life you'd be completely free from suffering and you might be thinking well what does that mean like i feel pretty alive at this moment and that there's no suffering in my life but no the reality is that the one who is free from addiction is the content one mm. and the content one is the individual who lives without cravings doesn't desire anything doesn't have wants but lives based on its needs and this is what we're missing and if we currently started living on our needs then the whole economic system would collapse as we were living on our needs during the lockdowns and we know what happened to the economic system <laughs> yeah so it's very important to understand that when it comes to addiction it's simply the fact that your want and need has become blurred a lot of people when they talk to me or they've said oh how have you stopped caffeine so i gave up caffeine as soon as i gave came back the default response for someone is to say to me but they need caffeine so you see when you say you need something when the actual fact is that you want it you empower it more than it needs to be someone will say no but i need coffee i need tea and you don't need it let's be honest you don't need it because you can still live without it but you feel you need it so that's what i mean by the whole line between your needs and wants have become blurred you form this strong attachment and addiction to a certain thing and then you see no way without it and these addictions are actually the anchors that hold you down from flourishing in life but also a blessing in disguise which I'll go into later but at times it masks a deep pain which we're not willing to look at or examine now a lot of this has to do with power believe it or not the more addictive something is the more dangerous it is because it makes you feel powerless but where did this feeling of powerless come from you got to understand from childhood our whole system of being valued comes from the outside therefore the power never sits with you the power is with you but you believe it isn't with you you think it's outside of you so you feel that if i don't get that certain validation if i don't get that certain appraisal in society then i'm not worth anything and that's when we slap on these different addictions because that forms part of our identity but you need to actually come back to yourself and really realize the power that already exists within you and when you work on that you can't feel powerless to other things they can't take over you therefore you can't actually become addicted to anything but it's this lack of belief in this power within us a strong habit is one that becomes addictive at the cost of putting your health at risk we don't realize this we don't realize it but there's a lot of these types of addictions that aren't actually good for you as Kira mentioned the latin root word meaning you're a slave mm. you don't want to be powerless 
And when it puts your health at risk, we have to understand that there's a certain responsibility that we owe ourselves. Now, a lot of time, our life comes with this sense of burden, but there's this responsibility that sits with you. And that's not a burden, but something sacred. Now, if you had a child of your own, or if you do, you don't treat them as a burden. You see their life as sacred. That's the same way that you need to look at your own life. You know, what am I giving this life? Should this life be consuming this by the senses? Be it what you're eating or what you're consuming mentally? So the question really comes down to, I mean, how much do you value your life? How much value is there to your life minus everything else? Because that's where it all starts from. And as Kieran mentioned, for me, attachments and addictions, like, they're two different words. Mm. You know, someone told me that attachments are based on want, whereas addictions based on desire. But can someone please outline what the crossover period is? <laughs> because there isn't one. Your attachments are waiting to become addictions. Mm. The more powerless you start to feel, the more you make it into a stronger habit, you will get addicted to it. It's that easy. And I know you were going to go into some of the science behind the brain. Yeah. So around the 1930s, I would say, so around the 1930, uh, researchers believed that people who developed addictions had a lack in willpower or were morally flawed. However, nowadays, it is recognised as a chronic disease that changes both brain structure and function. Similar to how cardiovascular disease would damage the heart or diabetes affects the pancreas, this addiction hijacks the brain. And addiction itself is a disorder of the brain's reward system. So what is the reward system? To put it into simpler terms, it is a group of brain structures and neural pathways that are accountable for the reward system related cognition i.e motivation wanting desiring or craving for reward compulsion when you do something that you find enjoyable this reward system releases the neurotransmitter dopamine along with other chemicals so dopamine is known as the feel-good neurotransmitter. It, it reinforces your brain's relationship between certain things and feelings of pleasure that drive you to look and seek for those things again in the future. So when a person develops an addiction, the brain craves the reward of that substance or that activity. And as you continue to indulge in these activities or substances that you find enjoyable, your brain continues to produce larger amounts of dopamine. But sooner or later, it recognises that your brain already has plenty of dopamine and therefore starts to produce less to compensate. And this is where the problem starts. Because your brain's reward system needs that same level of dopamine to function. It will then mean you will use or feel like you need to do more of the substance or activity to make up 
for what your brain isn't releasing. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I think that's very important to understand the science behind it, but also for the fact of how much we don't understand about our own selves. It's like being in the driver's seat of a Lamborghini without realizing you're in the Lamborghini. And this is the case with what we do. You know, I know I keep pointing at our current society, but our educational system as well. I mean, if you have something as powerful as the brain, the mind, the different layers of consciousness, and then there's the whole spiritual aspect as well, but you're never taught about this. This is why navigating through life becomes so much more difficult. We need to understand how the brain works. This whole internal system we have of chemistry is mm. ours to control. Yeah. You do not need external things to trigger this dopamine response. This is a whole internal chemical factory that we can control. A lot of people think that just because they have cannabinoid receptors that they need to smoke cannabis. But you can trigger those cannabinoid receptors yourself once you know how to actually control and navigate everything internally this is the whole science of yoga but you have to understand that the prefrontal cortex is something very important to be mentioned here as well that this is the most evolved part of the brain currently we act from the primitive part of the brains and mostly autopilot because we feel we don't have enough time in a day mm. but the prefrontal cortex is where we make our decisions conscious we become more aware but when we don't know how to navigate that part of the brain and we just do everything on autopilot then we lose that response to that part of the brain and that's why there's certain breathing techniques that trigger those responses so it's very important and this comes down to your whole power of choice has been absolutely diminished you know, the problem isn't outside. The problem isn't even the substance. You know, a lot of people go around saying the laws need to change. They need to be these kind of groups and committees. No, the problem isn't that. The problem is you don't know how to exercise your choice. Because you made a choice and reinforced that choice to become strong by letting it become a habit. And now you're no longer aware of it. And now just think about how many times during a day you even reflect on the choices you make. Reflect how many times during the day you actually think about the choices you make. This is the whole essence of awareness. If you are in every moment, you're going to be more reflective. You're going to be more reflective as to how this is for my life. Which comes back to my previous point about how much you value your life. So when that power of choice is missing, when that's completely become something... It's been put in the background. Then you are going to fall prey to things outside of you. Because you're not even using that part of your brain. So we need to become more reflective over our actions. But even before that, our thoughts. Why am I going to this thing? Is this benefiting me or not? Is this pushing me in the direction of where I want to be in life? And when this awareness is lacking, then all control goes. But you have to understand one thing that a lot of people feel very caught up in the addiction and they feel it's intense and they don't know how to come out of it. But you need to understand that that addiction grew gradually as well. You just weren't aware when it grew. Like I said, if your awareness is lacking, you didn't even know or weren't even aware that it grew gradually. Be it you being addicted to shopping, 
fizzy drinks, sugar, caffeine, gym. You know, anything that you're addicted to isn't good for you because you've completely lost your power to, you've given your power away to it. I've been through many of these addictions, but you need to understand that these grew gradually and that's how they're going to peel off as well, gradually. You can't just pull it off like a band-aid. The work needs to be done in undoing it, just like the work was done in becoming addicted. I think it's also very important to outline why we get addicted to things. And it's because we're setting out on experience in life. Well, we believe we're setting out on experience in life. We've become, as Kieran mentioned, these dopamine junkies. We want to experience life. But you don't really fully understand how dangerous that is and how that will only increase your suffering in life because if you want to experience life if you want to truly fully experience life you need to start by experiencing the life that's most accessible to you that's right here right now it's not outside of you Think about how much you have already experienced in life, whether you've skydived and you've done all these crazy things by going to exotic islands, and if it's brought you any happiness. And I mean everlasting happiness. And that's because you've completely been running away from the treasure that's sitting right here, right now. Because you haven't experienced that. You haven't sat with yourself. Because you have to really ask yourself, how much do you think there is to your life minus these experiences? And that's the whole question of value in your own life. Like I mentioned, a content individual, a sage, a guru, a prophet, a teacher doesn't need anything outside of them. They're already content. There's so many stories of great teachers um, who would be sitting on the side of a road that are being prompted by kings to say, look, take this, take that. And they say no, because they're content. They don't need anything. But we seek on this rampage to go acquire new things, new experiences, and then we live them for a brief while, they're transient, and then we come back to that same feeling. And that's how we become experienced junkies. It's really actually important to understand how this all works from even the perspective of the ego, because when you live based on your sense organs, the ones that are living outwards, then you have to understand that you're going to latch onto things. The sense organ lives on latching onto things. In the Bhagavad Gita, it's so important to point out that it's mentioned so many times that disunion from these sense organs, cutting away from these sense pleasures, is the whole essence of yoga. If you're seeking sense pleasures like we do when we are addicted to things and the things the addictions Kieran has mentioned, then we're going to live external. And that's one of the first bad addictions. The first bad habit that we get placed on us from childhood is the addiction to live outwards. So no one goes, hey, you need to go backwards. You know, we live from outwards to inwards rather than from inside to outside. No one teaches us that. So when you have the sense object, in this case, one might be addicted to a drug, there's a sense organ that needs to latch onto that. And then there's the ego that thrives on that. So there's this 
three-way communication. There's the ego that resides within you, which you is made of thoughts, conditions, basically everything you think you are. And now it wants to fulfill itself via the sense organs, be it by the eyes, touch, smell, the ears. And then there's a said sense object. Now you can move the sense object out of the way, but if you still have that ego, the sense organ is going to latch onto something else. The whole aim is to try to draw inwards. You know, first we try to make the sense organs powerless. So that it's not in a position where it wants to latch on outwards. But even if you do that and you maintain that same addictive personality, that same ego. Because that's the most common trait with every type of ego. There's an addictive trait. There's something that you will addict, you will attach yourself to. To gain some merit from the outside world. You won't even know that it's bad for you. People will probably even tell you that it's good for you. Like, for instance, work, being addicted to work. Mm. It's probably the worst kind of addiction that destroys <laughs> so many lives and families. Not yeah. so serious. Yeah, I know. It's become a serious issue for a lot of people's mental health, but they're unaware of it because they're constantly told to be of any value. Mm. You need to literally bleed for this workplace or look like you're stressed. Yeah, you're right. So the issue actually ends up coming down to your ego. That needs to be destroyed. And this is what I mean by your addiction is your blessing. It's showing a defect in your current identity that needs to seriously be flicked off like dust on a mirror. Because a lot of people might say, no, well, I've been in therapy. They've helped me overcome an addiction. Well, yes, they might have reformed your personality, but... There's obviously cases and facts, continuous cases of relapses. If you were so reformed, how did you relapse? Because the identity still remains. It will become your narrative that I was addicted to this, now I'm not. So that means you can bounce back. That's not the answer. Just like it's not the answer by changing it for something else. Me being addicted to drugs and now replacing that for me being addicted to the gym. In the long run, the gym addiction is going to be harmful as well. Because you're going to consume things that aren't necessarily good for you. You're going to cause inflammation in the body. So this is what I mean. Your addiction is a blessing because it's revealing the lie. Which is your identity. And this is how most of the times consciousness works. It creates a problem, a defect in the program. To go, well, this program in itself isn't actually ideal for life. Because we don't want suffering. We want to be free from suffering. And that which keeps creating suffering isn't you. You're the soul behind it. The essence that's viewing all this that is beyond suffering. But if you attach yourself to wrong things like your identity, then you're going to obviously suffer its terms and conditions. Its likes and dislikes. The things it wants. Because for everything that you seek as a pleasure, there's going to be pain. For everything that you seek to gain, there's going to be loss. These are the laws of nature. So remember, the addiction actually doesn't even belong to you. It belongs to the idea you have of yourself. And once you're released from that, you can't be addicted to anything else. 
remember it takes just as much energy holding up this addiction as it does holding up the person that you think you are you know it takes up a lot of energy that's why people feel the weight and strain of being addicted but like i mentioned the addiction belongs to the fiction and it's up to you whether you want to stay as the fiction remove this and get stuck to something else or actually free yourself from this ego this identity which has been nothing but a bundle of random thoughts conditions which keep showing issues and defects which are no longer serving us and this is why now i'll talk about yoga and the relevance of the ancient texts because you might say well raj what is the answer how do i get to that point well like i mentioned it's not an overnight fix well it is and it isn't it is because you already are the one that is liberated and it isn't because you think you're not liberated so in both of my favorite yogic texts the patanjali yoga sutras and the bhagavad gita they have these two common verses when they're prompted about how to get to the point where we can free ourselves from suffering free ourselves from the restlessness of the mind and this ego and they say the same thing practice and vairagya vairagya in sanskrit means detachment krishna on the battlefield says to arjuna practice and detachment patanjali in his yoga sutras chapter 1 verse 12 says practice and detachment is no coincidence here they both during two different time periods by two different sages and great minds why is that relevant well first we have to practice we have to be disciplined in our way of life to expand awareness when it's become so concentrated and narrow in our identity so rigid we need to practice to expand that awareness and detachment not even think about that word how much do you on a daily basis practice detaching yourself from things you know that's what we would call logging off how often do you log off from things that keep pulling you towards them it's very important to have a practice of detachment otherwise you're constantly going to feel powerless and it's something that's mentioned throughout all the various sacred texts the relevance of detachment a continuously mention because what you're doing is you're making a complete u-turn a u-turn away from something that's destroying you back to where you exist your life and then you actually go oh you know what i don't need that it was something i wanted but even as someone who wants it isn't me i'm just the one observing all the play of this so it's only then that your tendencies will start to fade away and i get it it won't be easy to begin with and the problem is we seem to think that in this day and age because of these gazillion different apps that there should be a quick fix for this but there isn't a quick fix for this the work needs to be put in just like the work was put in to get addicted remember you won't be aware of it but energy was spent in becoming addicted now the work needs to be put in to you practicing expanding your awareness and detaching yourself from things 
you know, monitor yourself, but don't judge yourself. So how do we expand the awareness? Well, you need to really reflect on what you're doing every day that actually does expand it. You might say, well, I'm a bit unclear about that. What does that mean? Well, if your awareness is concentrated and it's always looking in a certain way, whether to the past or future, and completely missing the present moment where you exist, you can't be expansive, you can't feel life. This is why we have, like I mentioned, the breathing techniques to activate the prefrontal cortex, which is the evolved part of your brain. So it then brings your willpower into play. You have meditative practices and meditations, loads of those, guided, non-guided, and listening to discourses, spiritual discourses, satsangs as we call them, or even podcasts like these that really actually make you start looking at things differently. But you need to learn how to expand your awareness and that's what we do in yoga. Because yoga is like I've mentioned so many times, not those stretching, those asana practices. It's also what you do when you're off the mat. How can I retain that peace, that awareness? And when you start focusing on stuff like that, then these tendencies will slip away and fall off. The important thing is not to fight them. Because then you're in resistance to yourself. You're not allowing there to be growth. You're not allowing for these things to actually peel off by themselves naturally. And this is where when you become more reflective, you know, journal, write, try to understand who it is that you're living with. Who is it inside that's controlling all your actions? Reflection is so important. To understand why I'm thinking these things. Why am I carrying out these actions? even though you might not be that person, but we need to first at least become reflective over that to go deeper. This is the whole essence of the inner work, the inner engineering. And I remember like uh, when I watched this documentary, Yogananda, where this one particular disciple had a lot of problems with religion because religion specifically set out, you should not do this, you shouldn't do that. And that's a common problem for a lot of people is a common problem for me because you should know what you should and shouldn't do by it being true for you so his disciple went to yogananda and said well you know i like drinking i like smoking i like sleeping around with different women so can i still come to your classes can I still do these practices? Can I still read these books? And he said, well, yeah. Go home, do whatever you want to do. But he goes, I can't promise you that these won't start to fall off the more you do these practices. And that's what happens. You know, there's no such thing as an overnight transformation. You look at any great Buddha, Jesus, Prophet Muhammad, any of the greats that lived didn't become enlightened overnight. They practiced and they stayed in detached awareness. Because you have control over what to give your attention and focus to. We've just forgotten that. Because everything in life right now is very quick, fast paced, everything's so stimulating. But you are ultimately in control of that.
once you decide to go, you know what, I'm responsible for this life and I'm going to do something about it, that's when your journey starts. And if you're earnest and you stay true to the path, the transformation will come. I guess I've spoken for a long time here now, so I don't know if you've got anything to <laughs> no, add No, you've uh, covered pretty much what needs to be covered. It, yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening today. And there will be another video on addiction where me and my friend Tara will be going through our own personal experiences with addiction, how yoga's helped us. So that'll be a bit more of a deep dive for anyone that wants to tune in. Really recommend that. But in the meantime, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Yes, please do. And um hope everyone's keeping safe, staying strong. And the next one that we'll be doing, which ties in with guilt, which I think we've already done, but I think it's important to discuss mistakes. Mm. Uh, they're very um, they're demonized in our current society. <laughs> but we will go into a whole episode of mistakes so that will be our next one so thank you for listening thank um, you sending you all a lot of love